Hi everyone, Naomi here. As you well know, I assume you know what I sound like if you're listening. Anyways, this is episode four of Mike White Was Robbed with my very special guest, Emma McDonald. And I just wanted to say before we get into this, that this is an episode about COVID-19 and the pandemic. And something I wanted to say is that we talk a lot about the more depressing aspects of the restrictions of modern day life in regards to being safe and being healthy. And I don't want anyone to think that this is an episode that's meant to uh, criticize you for how you're living your life. Uh, This is much more so an episode that I think will give a lot of people an insight into what we may be doing that might feel safe and actually isn't. This episode is definitely not targeted at anybody in particular, and I was inspired to do it because I saw a couple tweets and a couple posts on Reddit saying, why hasn't Survivor come back yet? Why hasn't Survivor, you know, started recording, started filming? Um, And as somebody who works in the film and television industry, this is very personal to me. Um, I think that our society really needs to, uh, our government needs to be supporting society as a whole, but, you know, not to be political, but rather to say that our industry is crumbling and putting people in the line of work that is dangerous and potentially deadly uh, for your entertainment is just not worth it. So even if you're a little put off by the topic of this podcast, I hope you'll listen to the whole thing. We really have a lot of fun and we get into some good ideas of what Survivor could be doing instead of a new season that I think you'll like just as much. So please stick around. I loved talking to Emma so much. It was such a treat. And I just want to remind everybody to stay safe, to stay at home. Okay, wear your mask. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode, number four, my favorite number of Mike White Was Robbed. I'm Yomi Calhoun. I made this podcast and now you have to listen to it. Today, I am so excited to be talking, first of all, about this topic that I care a lot about, uh, but also with a person who knows probably more than I think anyone who isn't a real actual life doctor knows about being safe in this insane time. I have Emma McDonald with me. Emma, how are you? (laughs) I mean, I feel like I might live down those expectations, but hello. (laughs) You're smarter than I am. Let's Mm, (laughs) there. (laughs) So Emma, what is the the take? It's kind of a take that I wanted to cover anyways. And I sort of said, Hey, do you want to talk to me about this? But really, I think you're the most vocal person I know uh, about being safe during COVID and, and being on your best behavior and being precautious. So what is the hot take you got today in the studio? Yeah, well, speaking of COVID and our entire lives just kind of being, you know, turned upside down, you know, everyone's <laughs> lives being turned upside down, really. Um, understandably so, too. This is unprecedented. So with that, um, people are like, why don't we have Survivor? And it's because there's a global pandemic going on. <laughs> Yes, the take being, Survivor should not start filming right now. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't agree more with this sentiment. I've seen it online a couple times. No offense to the people who are tweeting this out, except for Russell Hans, because screw you, Russell Hans. But (laughs) um, for, for me, I just thought, like, I don't think a lot of people either understand the measures of safety certain shows like Big Brother are taking to, or like Love Island are taking to keep people safe, and how those can't apply to Survivor, 
or they don't understand film sets. And so you've got all the COVID prevention knowledge, and I've got all the being a dickhead on a film set knowledge. Exactly. And so together, <laughs> I am a dickhead, and you are smart. So I'm really oh, excited. Too, and the other, I, I am that person, as I've said to people before. But like, honestly, like I don't care because I care about public health. So right. No. Who, who doesn't love our society to function as it normally would? Yeah. <laughs> so, Emma, please just tell me about what you do and why you are unfortunately burdened with the knowledge that our society is currently. Yeah, so my name is Emma MacDonald, and I am uh, the Digital Communications Manager for Massachusetts uh, Executive Office of Health and Human Services. So it's like the overarching big government secretariat in the executive branch that oversees all, you guessed it, health and human services. And I started this job literally in the middle of March, right at the start of the pandemic. So <laughs> I've been virtual every day except one um, for this new job that literally started. Um, I started a job that centers on health and human services literally as a pandemic was beginning. So <laughs> it was quite a situation. Part of my job, amongst several other things that I will not bore you with, um, actually has been tracking um, not only news stories, but like social media um, conversations going on as well, just like about the virus um, and like literally pulling and categorizing news clips every day of like, this is what's going on in the States. This is what's going on in the world. These are the top clips in Massachusetts. This is going on in housing. This is going on with the case numbers. This is going on with local communities. This is what's going on with the schools. Like every category of something, like this is how it's affecting the marijuana industry even, like, I, like every angle. And, uh, and that's why I've brought you in on your off day from work to talk to me more about how COVID is ruining our I'm lives. I'm literally inundated with it, exactly. And uh <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, like, yeah, I'm inundated with it Monday through Friday. I do try to turn off my brain on the weekends, but, like, it's it's all festering in my brain anyway. Like, it's ready to spill out at all times just because I'm – and I'm also, like, part of my job every morning, I'm on a call with what they call literally the command center mm. in Massachusetts, and it's the center that is – helping cope like that is the command the COVID-19 command center in Massachusetts so I'm on a call the communications call every morning and I like get an update from all these different people that are on this call and like you know I hear like oh the numbers that are going to be reported today like it's going to be bad and like I hear um like oh like we're gonna like they just shut down hockey for like I hear all these things like as they're happening right like I'm so in it that it's I I have to understand that not everyone has that perspective but because I'm burdened with it, I just want to urge everyone and to have everyone understand that it is very real and that like all these things that sound like alarmist and like the world is ending, the world's not ending, but we do have to be careful or else the public's health will be at risk. So. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to get into it, which I am super excited about. So the very first point I wanted to start on is talking about why a show like Big Brother or Love Island or another filming The Bachelorette right now uh, can be successful yeah. during COVID. Um, yeah. Do you have any insight into that first first thing? Well, I mean, I think also I would add just not a reality show, but like the NBA bubble um, right. into that. But I think it, it is what, you know, those environments are, are controlled 
bubble, a keyword bubble environments um, where, you know, everything, it's not just the testing, by the way, and like that's key, that's important. But as we saw with the White House, they all got tested and there was still a super spreader event. It's not just the testing, it's also all the protocols and all of the quarantine and all of the very detailed processes that take place. But as I said, within the confines of a bubble, mm-hmm. within a controlled space, within a, a space where literally people like you're not part of the outside world and they kind of live as these little microcosms of what our world could be if we had better restrictions and regulations going on uh, with COVID but they you know because they're small controlled environments they can successfully um, you know work out right you're I think what's interesting is like the uh, something like the NBA bubble or the NFL bubble. I mean, there have been some breaches. NFL is not a bubble. Oh, the NFL is not a bubble. Is it the, the NHL? Is the NHL, NHL? NHL, NHL is not is a bubble, bubble, and they're being shit. <laughs> right. Like we see places where there's lots of infections, and I think the biggest thing to note is that, like, in a place like the NBA, those people are obviously paid. That's their job to be there, mm-hmm. and. I actually don't know if they're allowed to have, like, their families there and things I like that. I think that changed some of the, like, rules later on, but, like, mm-hmm. they still had to, like, go through testing quarantine or whatever. Right. So you are have, you know, the ability to communicate with your family. You're a paid professional. Mm-hmm. And a situation like going on a reality show, oftentimes um, we know, like, certain people get appearance fees, uh, especially considering, like, All-Stars, Big Brother is happening. But for the most part people are usually not paid very much to be on reality television. Right. So you're taking a risk to enter a bubble where you can't talk to your family and you're kind of going crazy in this situation. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if they've loosened up at all, like uh, in terms of phone calls or, or talking to each other. Um, and then we also see a show like The Challenge goes overseas. I and know. I don't, we don't know how The Challenge has turned out yet. We know that, you know, Big Brother has been successful and Love Island has been successful in, you know, I guess what they're telling us. Who knows? They could be lying to us. But I, I think mean, yeah, I think we would hear about an outbreak though mm-hmm. when it comes to those high profile things. It would be really hard to and also like if there was, like they'd probably be shut down. So Yeah. And any crew member would probably like report an unsafe condition. The crew members right. I know with Big Brother, for example, they like literally like lived on set for, for two weeks at a time and then they would rotate out. Like it was really controlled. Yeah, exactly. So th- there's there's a great point to, like, why something in a controlled environment like a house works over mm-hmm. some scattering of islands. And obviously yes. the biggest And I wouldn't point... just say scattering of islands. I would say a scattering <laughs> of islands with deprived people, like people that are not eating, people yes. that are not sleeping, people that are, would you say, immunocompromised... <laughs> And then if an outbreak were to happen of said virus, that would be horrific, even more yeah. so than in, like any other environment. Exactly. Like Big Brother benefits. So first of all, I think a lot of people know this, but as we see in the Big Brother house, they have all those mirrors because those are two-way mirrors and behind them are cameramen. So you have an additional layer of the cameramen being uh, isolated from the contestants. So if there were an outbreak on the crew or an outbreak on in the contestant side, there could be a feasible chance of separation and, and safety. On the other hand, um, the they have things like air filtration, and they have the ability to sanitize all the surfaces and be very deliberate in what they do near a contestant because, obviously, there's a big chance of removal. You're 
you're separate from the person that you need to right. give something to. And even in, like, Love Island, which I didn't really watch, but, like, a hotel, if you rent out the whole, whole hotel or you rent out the whole property, something like The Circle is in production right now, and yeah. that's still a property that they own and can manage who comes into the building, who comes out of the building, um, everybody in production. That is a great sort of way of keeping track of everybody and is easy to do. Yes. Survivor does not have that luxury. I I will get so deep into it, but like at the very core of it, Survivor has too many people in too open of an environment with too many immunocompromised compromised people to be safe. Right. That's like and there's no to. way to have a controlled environment for a form for the format that Survivor currently is in, right? Like these right. other shows can all be adapted for a controlled environment format cuz that's kind of part of the structures of those games. But mm-hmm. in Survivor, the uncontrolledness of it is kind of part of the structure of the game, right? It's that they're surviving on an island. And that is something that has somehow, you know, like despite all the changes Survivor has been through throughout the years, somehow that, that survival aspect is, and people have takes on whether it's, you know, but it's still yeah. there. <laughs> it's I mean, still not to, a not, part of the game. Not even to mention, like, Julie Chen gets to be isolated from the house guests, right? She only yeah. So when they actually when when they come out, like if an evicted house guest, the evicted house guest has to wear a mask Mm -hmm. and like stay twelve feet from her, but she's not wearing a mask, right? Um, which is people. I mean, I think it's just like they probably don't need to wear masks if they're that far apart. But I get it because like they just came out. But it's just like funny to watch because oh yeah. I, just Julie Chen being like, please remember to wear your mask. And I don't want to mess up my more than six feet apart, socially distance hug. <laughs> I I stopped watching Big Brother uh, after the Bailey eviction, but like, <laughs> don't blame you. I very much checked out, but I like still I'm a masochist, I guess, so I'm still <laughs> following along. Well, yeah, exactly. And so I, to my point, like Jeff Probst, like. So, so even just to try and logic it through, so the reason that Julie Chen is isolated from the house guests is partially because, like, they the house guests are in their own bubble and then the crew is in their own bubble, but that right. those bubbles shouldn't be interacting, they're not right. in the same bubble, right? So, Julie Chen is feasibly in the crew bubble in a, in a strange way, yes. and Jeff Probst is someone who goes back and forth between crew and cast all the time. Yeah, and there's no way to like the the logistics of having to keep Jeff Probst safe and also keep Jeff Probst from infecting contestants is insane and probably like impossible. Here's the thing: I think that Survivor, as we know it, cannot happen this year. But there are things that Survivor franchise can do this. Like that's what frustrates me. I think is that like every other show on Earth is like trying to adapt or like think outside the box, and Survivor's like. We can't do it our way, so we're just not gonna even have a conversation about it until we can do it the exact way we want to do it. When, you know, the reality is is that can't happen for a really long time. So, like, Survivor really needs to, like, wake up, like everyone else, I can get into that later, but uh, really needs to, like, get with reality and understand, like, okay, in the meantime, like, air old seasons of Survivor with, like, Zoom hot takes from the contestants that were on that season put the Survivor contestants in the Big Brother house or something like that. Some weird, like, I don't oh. know. Like, I, <laughs> that'd be so good. 
to like I'm like pretend like just like do a survivor version of like Big Brother over the top survivor edition or something like just yeah be, celebrity be, Big Brother survivor edition yeah so, something something like that but I just mean like survivor I don't know just like having as a franchise like having you know content like there are ways to do that but I just it, I think it's frustrating that because the way that, like obviously before all the reasons we talked about the reasons they can't do it um but a lot of other people are trying to adapt <laughs> yes and i mean what if i think the best thing they could do maybe is survivors should have zoom reunions yes. of former seasons they yeah. should have zoom reunions of like season one two three because like right where they like watch the pilot or something and that right. or the first episode of each season and like yeah something is there like a dvd i would love like a dvd commentary of survivor i really would. right and like bachelor did you know when they were still trying to figure they did the greatest seasons of all time thing like that's what i mean like bachelor adapted they didn't have they they had to hold off filming so they wanted to show something instead of bachelor in paradise they did greatest seasons of all time they showed you know shortened versions of their seasons in one episode like the survivor could do that show like one season in one episode and right and, like have the cast react or something if survivor because we've seen the success of like rob sestranino interviewing all these former players yeah and i think even survivor could i bet part of the reason why survivor isn't doing it is because what we've seen is so many of the contestants who had bad experiences with Survivor, especially in regards to race, are really speaking out about it right now. And I bet yeah, Survivor's that's valid. like, oh, that's we valid. don't want to touch this. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, there is some, like, there is actually some really necessary introspection and, like, kind of forced introspection that they're going through right now, which is great. But I, I do think that, like, you know, you can walk and chew the gum at the same time. I think the introspection can happen and they can try to brainstorm and adapt yeah absolutely. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of other you know like that's happening right now people are people organizations productions whatever what have you content is doing that you know it, right. it's just like safe and timid and in, in where we don't want to be safe and timid right now right like we got to be safe and timid around covid but when it comes to like adapting innovation there's just been so many cool things that people have done because they've had to and, like survivor doesn't seem willing. Yeah. so it really brings us back to like the format of Survivor in, in its original state and why that doesn't work in terms of Yeah, COVID. absolutely. Because I think what you mentioned is totally true, and I have it in my notes. Like, Survivor compromises your immune system. There's a whole article about the medical uh, sort of calamities people suffered when they returned from Survivor. and like, Right, like long-term lasting impacts. Exactly. And so imagine like being cold and wet and being outside every day, having no nutrition, nothing you're consuming is good for you or giving you any sort of nutritional benefit beyond like the energy to move your limbs. And you are going to get like you're going to get the sniffle, you're going to get sick, like, and that just really opens you up to the potential to catching something. I mean, and also just, like, the the environments that the survivors themselves live in are, live in are like, super, super spreading, like, like, are you kidding me? They're, like, on top, sleeping on top of each other, like, right. like, there's no way it wouldn't spread to the entire camp in a second, you know what I mean? Like, something we have learned over the last seven, eight months of the, about this virus is how incredibly contagious it is. Right. And it happens just from being like in the same vicinity as people for actually a combined, a time that is combined of 15 minutes within a 24 hour period. So it can be little spit, like bursts of two minutes here and there, but that's right. what I mean. It doesn't take much. Um, 
now I have, I have a question for you is I'm thinking about like the challenges even because the challenges are such like a, a you know exhausting everyone's breathing oh, yeah. really hard but like in terms of COVID and water like if I swam in the same body of water that you swam in and I had COVID is that a potential sort of infection is that something that could be dangerous um honestly I don't he, like with the thing with surfaces is that the research on that is not as conclusive like it stays in like lab environment surfaces and like liquids and stuff mm-hmm. it's it really like the most research really does point to it's the aerosols and it's it's the the close contact with 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 people it's right. the it's and it's not even just six feet you can be like further than six feet and still catch it from someone if you're within the same environment for a prolonged period of time um mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say it's it's the water. I just would be worried about like people just being in the same vicinity for challenges and stuff. Like I wouldn't say is like any more or less dangerous than just like being on the land. <laughs> you're not safe in the water. Yeah, you no. You're, I, I, mean, water I, I don't. I don't think. But I just think it's like you're not safe. Like I mean, you come out of the water and then you get it COVID. You know what I mean? Like this. What yeah. I mean? Like it's you're not like. There's no. There's like no like immunity. crazy inherent risk to going in water, but it's still. It's not like a cure. Like you can't just have yeah, exactly. a survivor season under the water. Exactly. <laughs> no, you can't. Because also, like you know, you're waiting in the water. You're all breathing on top of it. Like yeah, like yeah, know. exactly. Like you couldn't share like you know some of those challenges. You share goggles. Like you, the the challenges become really affected, especially team challenges, because it's it, like you'd probably have to be testing everybody like the day before a challenge and then Mm -hmm. like all of these insane logistics that and to another point filming in Fiji I don't know Fiji's infrastructure but like just the cost alone of getting COVID tests for every member of the crew for multiple weeks because 39 days 40 days is about five weeks six weeks yep the cost alone to make a season with the added cost of COVID tests. So uh, for my job, because now I'm potentially going on set some days, um, mm-hmm. we are uh, we are told to go to New York City free COVID testing sites. Um, I'm lucky enough with my insurance to get to go to like an urgent care and get a COVID test done for free. But I still have to do that on my own time. Yeah, they're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're not. They're not. I mean, they would have paid. And honestly, if I like, to take a cab, if I'm going to but... be honest, like that protocol even like makes me a little nervous because mm-hmm. it's not happening in a controlled environment, <laughs> right? Like, you can get the COVID test and then like leave from getting the COVID test and get COVID. Right. Exactly. And so um, there's there's all this sort of like like Big Brother is able to do it, and you know they they have a better understanding of their safety because not only is Big Brother on like the lot. But Big Brother is uh, in in California, and they have, like, 24-hour video surveillance, you know? Like, they can see everything. Yeah, absolutely. And Survivor is not video surveilled. It's just got camera guys going all the mm-hmm. time. Exactly. And that's not the same thing. It's it's just, it's not at all. And, like, but it's also, like, in in a, the island, the wilderness, right? Like, it's it's not like they can even just, like, have some drones floating to, like, you know, it's, like, dark there. Like, it's, yes. like, cause it's, it's nighttime. Whereas, like, with these, uh, all, all these other shows, like, 
they're they're sleeping indoors and they can right. be surveilled. Um, it, it's just it's just so different. It's such a different context. I mean, I know like that is the thing. Like at first, I I was just like survive survivor. I'm thinking like, well, like if they just thought outside the box of Fiji, right? Like right. and 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 because that also does frustrate me a little bit that they're like they have to do Fiji but I get it like in terms of their crew, but like, I don't know, hire new people for a new season adapt. But the thing is like, even going anywhere, just like with the way that survivor is in its format, just like wouldn't, it wouldn't work unless they yes. like, like the, the only, like if they like had like a movie set, except it was a jungle and it was all controlled <laughs> and everyone lived on that. Like they lived you're, in like so the you're, Jurassic you're basically Park. pitching like a Hunger Games dome. Yeah, for, like, exactly. Survivor. Like that is the one way Survivor could, like if they like go on the Hunger Games side and like everyone stays in that bubble, that is the way that Survivor can happen. And, and to your point, totally like the thing, of, part of why Survivor hasn't left Fiji is because they keep all their stuff there. Um, their accommodations are like perfect conditions for keeping the crew there and keeping the jurors there. And I know they leave a lot of stuff behind, but they also, when you saw in the Winners at War uh, season, they were like, thanks to Fiji Airways for bringing all of their family members here. Like, that's a sponsorship. They work with Fiji Airways. They work with the government of Fiji. Yeah. And that is a cost saver because I'm sure Survivor is super expensive. You know, it's why they shoot seasons back to back, obviously, is so they can get acclimated to the environment that they're shooting in. Mm -hmm. um, and so Survivor is not going to risk going to Fiji and getting all the stuff to shoot somewhere else to lose the crew that they have adapted to over the past several seasons. It's just, it's not cost effective and it's not uh, shooting effective. It doesn't make the show better to lose the crew that they've been working with for several years. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. just not There's happen. just like no way they can just do the show the way the show is supposed to be done. And therefore they shouldn't do the show the way it's <laughs> supposed to be done. <laughs> and that, that also leads me to another thing, which is like, um, I survivor first of all like when you think about like the challenges in the islands you uh, you can read any behind the scenes talk and they always talk about how there's the boats that bring you to the thing like why does Pat get his back fucked up because they're traveling by boat everywhere so another thing that I think survivor has a disadvantage of is survivor is not fully reliant on just a film crew because hey. What's great about a film crew is, uh, like, my role on my job, and, and I have two sort of supervisors above me, and we're just the logistics people. We're just taking care of the logistics of what's happening, purchasing, all this bullshit. Um, and there are other people who are on the ground making things happen. But in Survivor, not only do you have, like, the logistics people and the camera crew and all that, but you have the boat drivers and the people who work at Ponderosa. Right, because they're like, in a real-life environment. They're, right, like, and, not in a bubble, so they have to interact with the world. And Ponderosa is a resort. Those people aren't hired by Survivor. Like, when you no, watch yeah. Survivor and they have waiters and chefs cooking them food, those aren't Survivor crew members. So Survivor, because another thing to note is it's technically illegal for... As a film crew, like, we can't legally ask someone to tell us, like, you have to tell us what your COVID test said. Like, it's it's this whole weird legality thing. And 
so we can't ask our film member, you know, we can't ask our crew members to tell us if they're, you know, COVID positive or negative. I'm happy to offer up that information, which uh, is that I'm COVID negative. But right. at the same time, like the whole legality of asking strangers to take a COVID test and tell you the results, like it, it just. Well, that's the thing. If you're doing it that what like, I mean, the ways that it works is if they're also like, I know that you said you have to get it yourself, but like yeah. if they're doing it in an environment where they're conducting the test like that that's not an issue because it's like they're the ones conducting the mm -hmm. tests and the results and like the you know what I mean like they get to and that's like what in the environments like um the bachelor and uh big brother were right. able to do but that just like but on the scale that it would be needed for survivor it's just really on the scale but it wouldn't okay like you can't do it on the scale with survivor though because like I'll go back to it's an uncontrolled environment. You can't create a bubble right in the environment that the survivor is in. Exactly. Um, and and you can't yeah. um the other side of it is it's too expensive. But uh, also a good example is on the set I work, we have one COVID compliance officer where her whole job is to obviously, you know, she's she's great. She's in charge of sanitizing everything like every hour. She she's there to clean and make sure that nobody is, let's say, picking up a glove from, or picking up a mask from a box without gloves on, or mm -hmm. things like that. And that's one woman for about 10 people. Our set was about 10 people the other day. Like, right. the, the, the survivor crew is enormous. I don't mm -hmm. think people realize this. It is enormous. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, Big Brother has had to work off of a skeleton crew, and actually like people are complaining this year like oh why are the feeds down so much well it's because they're working off a skeleton crew this year and like yeah. it takes longer for them to like change the and the thing is survivor couldn't do that with this like the big brother can do that within a controlled environment if they plan for it but again survivor's not in a controlled environment they can't exactly. plan for it that way uh yeah. they can't have a skeleton crew for what survivor needs to pull off I mean, you should, anybody should just look up Survivor Behind the Scenes, Google image search, because I was doing it the other day. You can see that they have about 10 to 15 camera guys on any situation, right? Challenge, the marooning on the boats, um, tribal council. Uh, and those right. camera guys are not only close together, they're in, in very close proximity, um, they need them, obviously, to get the single shots of, of certain people, and, and Survivor just wouldn't be able to be shot like it is, but... Uh, yeah, I, don't... I know, that's the thing, like, you wouldn't be able to get those intimate... Right. I mean, this is, yeah, I got, yeah, it just would be very different. So, peop so I read online that cam Survivor, each player has a camera crew assigned to them, and I just want to clarify that a camera crew is usually the camera guy, a sound guy, because everybody needs the boom mic pointed at them, and then someone who is usually referred to as utilities or the assistant camera, and that person is in charge of like holding the camera guy's batteries and you know helping direct the camera guy if he's walking backwards maybe or like having some cable on him. Utilities are there to assist the camera guy, but you need to have that utilities person there. So that's three people on top of one person at a time, yeah, right? It, it, and that an immunocompromised person with no mask on. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's, it, I mean, I, I would be curious to know, like, what they do on things like, you know, The Bachelor and stuff when they're, like, filmed, but I, I, they don't, like, I, I don't imagine they need that many people to film those situations, because, again, it's in that controlled environment, but, like, when you're trying to, like, get people off strategizing and stuff, and they can run off to the woods looking for an idol, it's just not that, there's, there's just no way, there's no way. Right. 
because because I think also the bachelorette usually in a situation like that you'll have one boom guy in the room and you'll have maybe another audio guy who's mic'd everybody up but everybody in survivor really has like their own audio guy on them or like one audio guy for two people because it's just so much going on right i mean they can scatter that's what i mean they can scatter about they don't they're not like all together in a controlled environment right and and so it's a great example like it's a great point of like when you have the ability to scatter you need more crew on deck Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the bachelorette can happen in two rooms three rooms so you don't need as many people in the same room but i do think you have a good point and this is like a thing i don't think people realize is even if you do have your mask on you shouldn't be two to three feet near somebody else for a very long time no yeah 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 like this is here like here's the the real of it like six feet apart is like an estimate right like and they they say six feet apart like you 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 uh don't have to wear a mask necessarily but like it can still travel so like first of all like wearing a mask is like when you're just near other people you you should but then also when it comes to masks it's like they all have different efficacy and like they're good when everyone does them but like especially if you're like with people consistently and within as the cdc says it's 15 minutes over a 24-hour period and that's combined like you have uh there's a chance of transmission so you just have to wear a mask (laughs) exactly and another another thing to point out that um the COVID compliance officer told us on set is you can have a conversation but if you do have your mask off you shouldn't be talking so obviously oh yeah you're you talking is is you know a huge spreading situation like Mm -hmm. it's like sneezing but all the time (laughs) and I think what people don't realize don't understand why restaurants are open but (laughs) yeah and that's the other thing is like when you're talking you are effectively like just spreading aerosols your aerosols exactly everywhere you can have camera guys with the best masks on but those masks first of all those masks hurt like anybody who works in any sort of unfortunate like situation where they have to wear a mask all day because their job is making them go back to work um it fucking hurts to wear the really good masks they hurt so much like the n95 you mean yeah exactly Okay, so is that what you have to wear for, for work? Is that another uh, Yeah, so the way our setup works is there's, like, an interview portion, and the camera guys and the audio who will be in that room have to wear those masks. Mm, um, yeah, I know. Um, I have, I've heard people complain about those masks. So and it's not to say that... Yeah, it's not to say that they shouldn't be wearing them, but, like, I, I don't think people understand the physical toll that being on a film set takes to begin with, because it's not eight-hour days. It's not you on a film set your base hour day like what i get paid for is typically 12 hours of work and most of the time we'll go into 14 or 16 hours Mm. i don't really know how survivor is organized um but i think it's safe to say that you can assume that they're shooting 12 hours and then another crew is coming in and shooting 12 hours yeah and that takes a huge physical toll on your body and then to also have to wear a mask for 12 hours and also yeah also, there's, like, lots of recommendations about how long you should be wearing a mask for and what, right. you know, if you wear a mask for too long, it basically gets wet and then it isn't effective. Here's the thing. Like, you're t- we're talking through all this. Like, we're talking through, like, all the things that I'd have to do. And, like, bottom line is, is, like, 
Survivor is just not worth it, people. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I love Survivor. We love Survivor. That's why we're here on the Your Hot Take podcast. But it, it's not, it's not worth risking lives over. Exactly. And, and like, I, and I think that's like for a lot of things, that's how I, I feel. And I get frustrated over just like, just with society right now. And like, <laughs> I'm like, is, is this all worth just like the, all the lives that are being risked? And you know, we're, we're seeing seven, eight months into this pandemic that it's, you know, people think, oh, like I'm healthy, like I'll be fine. But it's like, this has long-term lasting health impacts on people that like we're seemingly healthy. And like right. it, it, the mortality rate only is one part of the picture. And like, it's almost a quarter million people in the United States who have died already, but that's only one part of the picture. <laughs> so like bottom line is, is that like, all these deaths, these long-term, like, health impacts that we don't, like, this disease hasn't even been around that long, we're still discovering, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Exactly. To me, seeing people online post, um, oh, when is Survivor, why can't Survivor figure it out, is, like, reading all those posts where people are like, I just really want to have my birthday party. It's like, God. Yes, it's, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's, it's like, I, I get it. Like, I get that it's hard for everyone. Our routines are all out of whack. And, like, mm-hmm. the, like I can't even imagine, like, being a senior in school right now yeah. or, you know, having to plan a wedding or having, like, my sister's having a baby. There's these life events, right, that are upended. But, like, it's for everyone, though. And we all have to adapt. And, like, I guess it's, like, just the kind of person I am that I'm way more just, like, about the like we're all in this together kind of thing and like a lot of people in our society are very individualistic and Mm -hmm. I just wish we could care about the whole (laughs) and understand that our individual actions impact the whole right and and I'll say this like I'm definitely not uh, a perfect societal example of how to behave during COVID um I mean to be on a film set for one thing is Sort of a tricky. I mean, it's a risk, itself. right? There's, there's no, there's no denying that it is a risk. Yeah, I mean, I do need money, so it's what I gotta yeah, do. Absolutely. But luckily, right. I. Like, don't, but like, lucky for me, I don't have to be on set that much, and so other people, like the camera, like you know, camera guys, and you know, I think also a lot of people don't realize that like typically someone in a higher position in a film set is a family person. Camera guys, sound guys, you know, directors, producers. uh grips they're they're usually like if they're not if they're at the highest ranking level they're like guys with families men and women with like children and essentially to force them to go back to work it's tough because yeah the industry is completely shut down but at the same time i mean this is all going back to like everyone should just be paid to stay home right now yes yeah (laughs) like the government should just pay everyone to stay home because that's what we need to do but this is all secret. So this is all just secret socialism. Uh, yeah, brainwashing. My <laughs> communal calls earlier were not. You couldn't tell. But and that's the thing is like I I definitely haven't been perfect and I'm not um I'm not pointing at myself as an example. I'm more so pointing at like, well, this is why like I don't want to log on to the Survivor 41 wiki and be like, this is the first time somebody has died on American Survivor, you know? Like, it's exactly. just... Or, like, a crew member, anyone. Exactly. Someone on Fiji, like, that they, like, infected. Like, it could be anything. But then it's not even just, like, that one person. It's, like, the spread that could happen. And it's, Exactly. It's all these, like, invisible consequences until they're not invisible anymore. And, like, that's the scary thing about COVID is that it's, like, 
that's why you have to be so careful with this control because when it gets to the point of uncontrollable community spread, like it really has gotten here in the United States, honestly, we're entering the second surge, everyone, the fall surge is here. Sorry to tell you when you get to that point, it's, it's hard to like talk about an uncontrollable environment. So that's the world we currently live in. So we really just have, we have to do what we can Mm -hmm. to have that control but also that understanding for for why the safety it's not just about the survivor season it's about the safety of those people and then the people that they know and then that the people that they know. it's 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 right. about it's bigger it's it's all bigger than just this one survivor season or this this uh the one crew from survivor exactly and another point to just make is like part of why survivor happens and part of why we have had survivor for 20 years is because survivor is producible and survivor is cost effective and it makes you know cbs more money than it costs maybe i haven't seen cbs's budget but <laughs> i'm guessing it does if it's been on for 20 years right and part of a show even being producible is that either it needs to earn back money in terms of viewership and advertising dollars or just in terms of publicity and notoriety. My boyfriend and I were literally on a walk today talking about how like Miss Maisel, it probably costs a fuck ton of money, but gets so many Emmys that Amazon will never care. Um, And so there are so many things in a film set uh, that people don't think about that are uh, lots of close contact situations or lots of things that essentially our industry has to adapt to, but we have never had this sort of ability to test it out. Like for example, a lot of times on film sets, there's like a cooler with water and then there's a craft services table that just has a bunch of snacks on it. Mm -hmm. Well, now if you want a water, somebody should be handing that to you. And if you want a snack, it needs to be individually wrapped and then you can take it, but you can't put it back. And if you're getting lunch, lunch needs to be individually prepared because a lot of what, uh, on a big set, you eat like catering. You just eat out of, you know, the the hot pans and things like that and you serve yourself or, you know, if it's fancy or someone serves you. But that can't happen anymore. So there are all these things that are essentially costly to a show like Survivor that is very good at containing its cost and it would just pile up it, the the amount of extra crew that you need to hire to keep the team safe through covid plus the amount of cost for like a testing service to be there all the time yeah plus the ability to like keep everybody housed safe because another thing is maybe people live together like uh i usually share a hotel room with somebody that's not safe anymore you can't really be sharing a hotel with somebody so like it's all these yeah. things that just cost so much money and uh i i don't think i think that survivor is not going to come back and i don't think it's because they don't want to i think it's because they can't afford it that's my theory like to yeah i mean like the thing is and it's also kind of like is it really worth spending all that money on like a oh absolutely testing not. program when like the film industry is an enormous thing in, in our own country like you know it's, what i mean like that's like part of me like is a li- like with these like big like oh, damn, the, the testing protocol in the NBA bubble was, like, really great. Like, I damn, I wish we had that in the, the U.S., like, as a testing protocol. Like, that's where also it starts to get a little tricky. It's like, is it really worth investing all this and just, just for, like, I'm sorry to say, in a TV show when, like, there are still people dying, mm-hmm. like, just in civilian life? Exactly. Like, there there is so much that Survivor could do to sort of make money through advertising or viewership 
that doesn't require producing a uh, season of Survivor. Exactly. Yeah. And what, what do you think of the Big Brother idea? Putting them in the Big Brother? I love it because I, first of all, I want somebody to do the three-peat. I want like I know. Rupert or Eliza or Corinne to be like Amazing Race Survivor Big Brother. And I don't want it to be fucking cowboy. I want somebody else to have it. I know. Him. The fact that like he is our... <laughs> I hate that man. I truly hate that man. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, and, and I think it would be like, because people love Celebrity Big Brother, but I also think like what we've seen in the pandemic is um, my friends that live to give did that sort of charity stream of an org for Sunday, Burquest, to raise money for her sort of fight yeah. with cancer. And let me tell you, watching Sandra play an org was the funniest thing I ever saw in my whole life. Oh my god. And, like, if Survivor did, like, a Big Brother day, you know, like... Yeah. I think it would be super successful. I think Well, it's a shortened celebrity season. Like, what, you know, like, what, if they do that in three weeks? I think I've heard there are rumors of, like, Celebrity Big Brother coming That's what I mean, but, like, okay, why not both? It's three weeks long. Right. We have a whole year, like, probably more before, like, any sort of anything. So, like, do a celebrity and do a Survivor version. I really think that Survivor, like, CBS should focus on Big Brother as, like, the commodity that can be the most successful right now. Because it's, yeah, I mean, it it really is, like, the very, like, and especially because those house guests, like, they they haven't even gotten a smaller table in Big Brother this year because it's too uh, risky to have a crew come inside their bubble and switch it out to a smaller table. Like, Which we love they get to table... see. We love yeah, to see yeah. it. <laughs> and they haven't even done that this year. So, like, that's how serious this is if you really think about it. Exactly. And, and another thing that we definitely should talk about is why Survivor shouldn't like, why Survivor can't happen on U.S. soil, right? Why why can't they film in Hawaii or whatever or Puerto Rico? Like, I think part of it is it's an unknown location. And like I've said, it's it's harder to find yeah, a Yeah, you can't, like, scout stuff out right now very safely. Right. Can't scout stuff out. Can't build a challenge site. Like, like the construction alone, because, like we've said, there's a lot of sets that are already built in Fiji. So then you have to bring in a whole construction crew which you'd have to do in Fiji anyways, but, like, building from scratch, building a tribal council area from scratch, there's probably, like, a 10-man construction crew on Survivor yeah. that nobody thinks about. And um, as I said, that's why with Big Brother it's taking so long, because they have a, a smaller construction crews for their challenges this season. <laughs> exactly. And, and not only that, but, like, how many islands in the United States are just, like, plentiful with food and shelter options? <laughs> like, yeah, like, they no, they have definitely, like, a honestly, the movie set idea I was talking about earlier, like, kind of is what their island, their beaches on Fiji have become. Because they, don't they, like, put coconuts there and, like, a pile of, like, wood for them to start off? Like, a pile of bamboo? Like, that's what I hear. They, like, I have, have a pot. They have, like, piles of things they, like, put there, too. Yeah, I actually don't know, but I would guess that that's probably because when you're filming back-to-back, the island gets depleted by whoever yeah, was yeah, there I think first. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't blame them. Like, you have to give them some form of nutrition. You can't just starve them on an island that you've depleted from resources. No, totally. But yeah, it's hard to, like, find that. They, like, start gold with what they, what they got there. Yeah. And not only that, but any player uh, who is on a season has to be in quarantine for two weeks beforehand, mm-hmm. right? then has to be in quarantine two weeks after the show has wrapped. So that's yep. asking a person to give up 39 plus, plus, let's say, the three days on the front end, so 42, three days you're at Ponderosa, plus another, essentially, two weeks 
Uh, I'm bad at math, so that's like what I three months. I'm so bad. So that's fourteen plus forty-two is sixty something. Sixty-six. Am I that dumb? Um, but like sixty-six days. You're asking somebody to give up like sixty something days of their life. It's fifty. Oh, I, 40, 14 plus forty-two is fifty-six. All right. Look, I never said I was good at math. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, I, everyone was just screaming at their podcast for like I two know, seconds. But they did give up. The, I can't believe Big Brother's ninety-nine days or whatever. Yeah. But and the other thing is, plus all their quarantine time, I can't even imagine. Right. So those players went into uh, obviously sequester, but Mm. those players have done that before, right? That that's why I think they went with an all star season is because those people have experienced. I think that and the casting process of right have experienced the mental exhaustion of Big Brother. Yeah. And sort of not only put somebody in the mental exhaustion of sequester and being away from your family. Um, for 39 days plus you still don't see your family for two weeks on either side it's not even 14 days it's it's two weeks on one side and two weeks on the other so it's another 14 days i don't think it's a full because i think like i know like janelle went home like a couple days after so you just quarantine at home i I, I think so or because i'm like why home though i think they have to get a test and then they can go home it's a lot it's a lot you know yeah it's still it's it's a lot it's a lot and so, like, there's there's just so much craziness for a contestant. So the likelihood is what Big Brother did is probably the most successful, which is have a returning player season. Um, but we just saw a returning player season, so Survivor's not going to want to do, like, back-to-back mm-hmm. because then you lose the ability to bring a lot of those people back for another season, right? Like, yep. it's it's just, like, so much chaos uh, that you don't get a good season out of it. And I think that's the biggest thing that Survivor probably recognized is it's going to be an expensive season that's probably not going to be that good, so we don't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but I again, I just wish they'd do, like, Zoom Survivor season reunions or something. I, I think it's a great idea. You got nah, let's Everybody Survivor, tweet at Jeff Probst. Yeah, like, I really think that there are, like, other outside-the-box things that they can do. Like, so many uh, people are doing the blank at home. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, saying bring council at home. I don't know something. My my theory is bring bring uh let's bring Kid Nation back. <laughs> <laughs> let's just put a bunch of kids in a little desert bubble. Uh, <laughs> that okay. would be better. <laughs> oh my, the kids aren't they? Like, they did that that HBO Max show. Oh I, yeah, Karma. Which but here's the thing: it's not on HBO Max anymore. What? It was on HBO I Go. It. My friends and I had this whole discussion, shout out to my survivor group chat, called Scientist Amelia Earhart. We had this whole thing where we were like, wait, we want to watch Karma, and then we like couldn't find it. Apparently HBO Max doesn't have it, but HBO Go had it, but it didn't transfer over. What? Uh, I, I don't know where it is. We can't watch it. So frustrating. I know. And I, I wanted to watch it, too. I mean, yeah. like Aaron Robertson no, was podcasting. I was, like, I was a few it. episodes in, and I, like, forgot about it. Maybe it's because I couldn't find it because it disappeared. That's some bullshit. Absolutely. Oh, man. I, I, I'm Team Kid Nation. If you want Kid Nation, if anyone has a hot Kid Nation take, you're welcome to come on this podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> you got your next episode lined up. Um, And the... Uh, I just wanted to pivot to talk about <laughs> almost catching COVID to go watch Survivor with Michelle Fitzgerald. Oh, 
Yeah, no, please pivot to that. Uh, Michelle Fitzgerald was going to have a Survivor watch party. I think maybe Jeremy was going to be there for Winners at War. And it was right around the time where, like, COVID was becoming a very big deal where it's right around the time that, like, I got sent to work from home and stuff like that. Um, And she had announced it and I had signed up for it. And I remember just, like, all our sort of mafia gang here in New York City being like, should we go? And I was like, I don't think Michelle Fitzgerald is worth getting sick. That was the thought process I had in my head. But it turned out it was also the Sandra Parvati boot episode, so I'm very glad I didn't go because I feel like I would have just. Did it end up happening? No, it. She did cancel the event. She did cancel the event. Thank God. But like, there was that whole thing where like we were all kind of sitting there being like, "Should we go watch this?" And it didn't happen. But at least Michelle was being responsible for once in her life. Not a great, or it is a great (laughs) spot for Corona. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome if we all just got Corona to watch Michelle Fitzgerald. Uh, watch watch Sandra quit the edge of extinction and Parvati go home. Like, <laughs> what a time! Oh my god, that episode. I mean, honestly, like the fact that we got that episode, like, and like while we were being quarant—I mean, not that episode, that season while we were being quarantined, and like, <sighs> it's just like like the world. It's just everything is so twenty twenty. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't my know. Bo- just like the fact, like <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, of course we got Winners of War finally, and it's like, and we're all just locked down, and Zoom reunion that wasn't a Zoom reunion. Oh my god. That was also, they did horrible through Zoom reunion. Survivor has always had a problem with reunions, and like, and, and what I think also their unwillingness to think outside the box, they could do like a thing on CBS All Access anyway. Yeah, and I think what, what Survivor could actually do is really tap into like, what people want, which is, like, they, uh, they want to hear about how people are doing post-survivor. They want to see, you know, people grown up with kids. I mean, Reddit loves that shit. And, like, so give us, you know, like, the update, the 10-year update on seasons that have passed, and the 20-year update. Um, and I think people like Dalton Ross and Rob C are obviously capitalizing on that very successfully. And I can't believe that Survivor... Survivor itself isn't. I know. Right. I can't believe Survivor wouldn't recognize that that's, like, a great sort of goldmine Well, that's what I mean. Like, I detail. don't think that, like, that... That's my problem, is I think that they're just so unwilling to do things. It takes them, like, they, they, they just don't want to do things a way that makes them uncomfortable. I don't know, that they're not yeah. used to... It's frustrating to me. You know, and and what, uh, another thing I think they could even do is, um, I think they could do something like, uh, you're, you're a Drag Race fan, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know how they've had, like, those YouTube videos of, like, Trixie and Katya watching Netflix shows? Yes, that's what I mean. Just have, have, like, a a winner or, like, a winner and five of their closest allies on Zoom watching an episode back. I mean, I want to watch, like, the cast of Pearl Islands, like, watch the Pearl Islands premiere. Exactly. Like, what what better way to get, like, people back into the community, Mm -hmm. um, back involved, and and Especially when people are, like, survivors, like, all those, you know, the casual Facebook commenters that are, like, where's Boston Rob, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, Survivor used to be like, yeah, throwback to your old Survivor. You literally see like Boston Rob and like Ethan capitalizing on like quarantine. You know, Ethan making those like shirts and and doing so much stuff, and then like Boston Rob's like streaming video games now. Like, <laughs> is he on Twitch? I think he does like shit with Tyson. I think someone oh else sets God. it all up, but like oh it, it's 
it just goes to show that like there's so much out there and if the creative producers I guess there just must not be any creative producers on board Survivor right now because Or I think it's just Jeff Probst is like a roadblock. <laughs> Isn't he Jeff... like final all set? Like he is the Yeah, he's an exec producer, yeah, yeah. Right, but I think it's like his it's his show now. I feel like he feels very protective over it. Yeah, I bet you Mark Burnett doesn't give a shit. He's just like, Yeah, Jeff, do whatever you want. Like... Yeah, no, I don't think Mark Burnett cares. I think it's Jeff Probst that is like it's not Survivor. Another thing I think I just wanted to talk about in general is um, filming live reality games. We, yeah. We don't need to touch on this too much because I think it's kind of obvious that if a you know million-dollar show like Survivor on CBS can't do a season, mm-hmm. you probably can't either. But what, what do you think people aren't thinking about when they possibly host a live reality game or invite... Uh, people from all over to sort of collect at their house uh, for a weekend or two. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that it's like, you're not follow- you're, you're just not setting a good example. You're not doing what we're supposed to be doing right now. Um, yes, it does depend on, it, it, one of the, you know, I'll say fucked up things about the United States response is that it's been so disparate and like there's different regulations everywhere, but like the facts are the facts and it's that you if you're going to be gathering with people, it's better to be outdoors. And if you're going to be gathering with people outdoors, you should be wearing masks. And at the same time, the length of exposure. <laughs> so it's like, it should just, it should be a brief gathering um, if you're going to have one. So it's just that the fact that is, is that that's not how these, these games work. You're, you're with each other all day, all weekend, and you're close contact. I, I can imagine it would be difficult for everyone to wear their masks at all times Mm -hmm. and make sure that you know like where's everyone going to stay in a separate hotel room uh if it is an overnight thing um and additionally like even if you had everyone get tested first like what happens after you leave like the whole thing with like getting tested it's like yeah you can get tested a few days before you go but then like did you go to a gas station at any point and you know what I mean like you might have caught it there there's there's all there's all these variables involved when you're not in that controlled environment especially when you're just like bringing a bunch of people together and it's just it's just it's not what we should be doing it's not the behavior we should be modeling there's no reason there's no reason to risk it and then bring it back home to where wherever you are and like your different locations like a lot of the stuff i've been hearing about um it's like these contact tracing stories of people from different states like gathering for a bachelorette party i heard this one in like rhode island um, and they came from like different states in New England and then they all went home and they like had COVID and they like spread it at home in their different states, New England. So like it, it, and it's, even if those people might be fine with COVID, they have grandparents, parents, um, other immunocompromised people in their lives that this virus can be lethal for. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who, who can and cannot be lethal for. Like, yes, there's more likely for some people to like for it to be, but it's just, there's so many unknowns. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it, guys. Yeah. And I think the the biggest thing is, is we're not, as, like, it doesn't feel good to be told that you're fucking up. And I know that people sort of get very defensive about it. But really, we just have to open up to the idea that, like, this is not normal. And just because we can go order drinks now and we can go to a bar doesn't mean we should. And... Exactly. Uh, and that's the one of the frustrating things. It's like, I know for people, it's like, you hear these regulations don't gather, but then restaurants and bars are open. Right. But it's like, just because they're open, it's because of the business pressure and it's because the government's not giving them enough money to be able to pay their employees without 
opening up in an unsafe way. <laughs> like exactly, what's going on? It, and there's there's such a higher level of like what the government is doing to fail us as a society. And this isn't really meant to be political, but it is to say that you know once our you know if if things work out in a way that is positive for uh, what I consider to be America. If it's positive for society and uh, someone gets elected, we don't just stop there and we don't just give up. Oh, we no. Keep pushing. And it's also, if the said scenario were to happen, said transition would not happen until January. Right. There's a lot, of, like, I, like in Massachusetts, for example, we um, were reported over 1,000 cases today, and that is the highest it's been since May 16th. And the, but they've actually been testing the sewage water um, to see, to test traces of the virus. And it's actually as high, they're detecting that it's actually as high as it was in April, which is like the height of our surge. Right. So it's really bad here. And it's not just like, you know, we're hearing right now, it's like surging in the red states and it's become politicized. It's everywhere. And we all need to do our best to stay mm -hmm. vigilant. We all need to do our best to wear a mask, stay home, like, I, I'm honestly sick of hearing, like, stay home if you feel sick. Just, like, stay home if you can. Like, like I mean, just... Emma, you're making me feel so much better about how little I leave my apartment right now. <laughs> no, I don't. Leave, like, and it's fine. Like, takeout is great. Virtual hangouts are great. I know it's not what we want necessarily. Maybe it is what you want. But, like, it's it's not normal, right? But it is normal for now. We just kind of have to, like, get used to yeah. it and like I hate to say like suck it up <laughs> because it sucks for everyone it sucks yeah. for everyone <laughs> why can't all of you just be grateful that you don't have to wear a bra to work anymore like I don't understand right Let, <laughs> let's look at like the fact that like but it's but also like I do like the thing is it does suck that like so many people are being forced to go back to work and like they have to because yes. like it's it's just such a tough situation and because of that though and it's like that's even more reason like if you do have the privilege to be able to stay home like do so to protect the people that have to put their lives at risk do you understand like do you see what i'm yeah. saying like if you do have the privilege to be able to stay safe and stay home that's kind of like that's your civic duty kind of to like slow the spread by like contain like knowing um like controlling what you can control and like it sucks that it come down to personal responsibility but like while the situation is the way it is like we we have to take responsibility for but it's 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 for other people and that's hard for other people that's hard for people to grasp that it's thinking outside themselves right it, and it's not just about you though i'm sorry guys it's not absolutely and the other side of it too is that um, we, we love our friends and we love our family members and we believe that they are as safe as possible and being as safe as possible. But the reality is it, sometimes things can happen to them that they didn't intend. Sometimes mm -hmm. like I could get COVID and so my, like my mother's an elementary school teacher and unfortunately her school is in person Ugh. and I could accidentally catch COVID living in New York city and go visit them and you know suddenly that's a very very bad chain of events even though my mom loves me and trusts me and you know yeah. doesn't think that it could happen and you Absolutely. know I, it's not like this isn't meant to shame everybody in the world but we should all just feel some sense of social responsibility you it, know the way people yes. are lecturing the way that we're all lecturing each other about voting which is also you know we should totally vote we should feel the same sort of sentiment about staying at home and 
you know, I like I see people taking off the masks to take photos with their yes. friends that they don't that they don't live with, right? Yes. Or they don't. But you're that, that you don't do that because <laughs> you're risking your exposure. It's it's just keep yourself like more than anything we care about our friends and we care about keeping people safe. Yes, we and care alive. about our friends. We care about our friends' family members. We care about the communities that our friends live in and then their communities and their community. And we care about those people that are. If you are one of those people that like has to go back to work and like ha- it, it's in a shitty situation, like because we care about you, like we want to like like we'll spend money on takeout, but like I I don't like we shouldn't be going into restaurants and bars like friends meeting up from different households going to a restaurant together i'm sorry i'm sick of seeing it stop posting about it on your instagram stories all these all these ex-survivor like all these social media influencers and ex-survivor big brother people reality tv people they're setting such bad examples right now and it's like oh, actually yeah. making me crazy like did you see all that gia gun shit that that was insane oh i didn't but gia, gia gun was basically it's... like complaining that a restaurant was telling her to wear a mask oh my like, god back in like june or even may oh my god and everyone was like <laughs> everyone was just but i see the like celebrities being like yeah wear your mask and then like the next instagram post it's like them and like seven friends at a restaurant without masks posing together at a table yes and the other thing that i kind of occurred to me was um well my boyfriend said to me because we're we see so many restaurants around us like you should have to have a le- you should have a copy of release to prove who lives in your apartment to eat at a restaurant at this point oh my god yes because you know yeah to get together and then take off your masks and sort oh, of see I know it's, it's ridiculous and like again I'm I'm not perfect I haven't been perfect and I'm not trying to tell anybody that uh I'm better than you it's more of an idea of like we want to convince ourselves that things are okay. We want to convince exactly. ourselves that we could, you know, survive in New York can happen, but survive in New York can't happen, and it's not going to happen until we're a hundred percent sure. Not just like ninety nine percent sure, because the last thing our community as survivor fans needs is for something to go wrong because we want to get together. Right. Like it's- think about those people that like did, had gatherings anyway. Like. Like, there was that story in rural Maine, right? There was a wedding that caused an outbreak with, like, hundreds of people across the state Mm -hmm. getting COVID that, like, weren't even, like, a close contact to someone that was at the wedding. They were, like, second and third contacts, right? Mm -hmm. And and so these people that planned this wedding, like, unfortunately, it caused, like, hundreds of cases and, like, like, I think, like, a dozen or so deaths. And, like, imagine that. Imagine, like, knowing that, like, I, 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 it sounds so harsh, but it's, I mean, it's, I mean there's it's tough love in a way you know like it's we have to understand that our decisions don't just impact us yeah and And that's and that's I think hard for people and people don't want to see it and they want to turn a blind eye the cognitive mm -hmm. dissonance I get it and there's not many people setting great examples right now um you know but it it's uh it's not about just us it's about everyone Exactly. And, and we also see like a, a great thing to do is, uh, for example, in, in like live reality games, I think we had a discussion in the group about like, what are, if you want to have a game, what are the, what are the precautions to take? What does safety mean? And first of all, safety means not having a game, mm-hmm. but to be very transparent about what you're doing. I think uh, it's a shame that film crews are not being transparent about what they're doing, because I think it would be really helpful to society as a whole to see what, like, you know, a movie star has to go through to Oh, be I, I totally agree. COVID. And it's, it's, I mean, that's the stuff I mean with, like, setting examples. It's like, 
if we are going to see this sort like if we are going to see like some sense of normalcy come back when it comes to like the entertainment we get right like like but it's 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 worth to show us like what it took to get to that sense of normalcy because it shows us that things aren't actually normal and we have had to adapt a lot and like we're gonna have to still kind of like do things a little bit differently for a little bit longer and by a little bit longer i mean hunker down everyone okay <laughs> to me at the end of the day um so i know like sequester potentially filmed a season and like we're just we're never going to be as vigilant or as safe as an a real live budgeted film set or crew mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i'm sure but, that yeah, the show i work on resources to be able to yeah. do that the show I work on has like YouTube money. And like beyond that, um, there are lots of examples of, you can Google it, people dying on commercial sets because of COVID, um, dying from working on sets. And uh, those people are on, you know, working for companies that like paid for proper, you know, like equipment and paid for the proper sort of safety precautions. And it still happens because, you know, the film industry has lots of sort of, uh, grimy underbellies and has lots of shitty situations um but at the same time like we can't trick ourselves into thinking that we are professionals and i think now is a great time to catch up on the seasons of live games that you've never seen before because yeah we, that's a point. like all the college survivor seasons are fantastic right now um the uh even the like the sort of foreign survivors there's some some youtube channels posting like survivor uh survivor australian survivor south africa oh, they're so great even survivor new zealand they're yes. all there's so much content out there like we can we can get through this exactly and i feel like for some reason people like are rejecting the idea of liking foreign contestants what? and in reality i think it's just because they're like well i don't want to get to know somebody new unless it's a bunch of people from survivor casting but like i guarantee you that all of these other contestants from foreign shows are way more interesting than uh, half uh, the cast of Iowa like, all, alone. Forever Australia, Forever South Africa have like a plethora of amazing characters. Exactly. Like just watch one of those, and that's what that's what I think makes me sad is that people are so attached to Survivor um, and attached to the idea of it because uh, I think a lot of the reason people tweet things like "Why hasn't Survivor come back?" is because they they think that they need. Uh, they, it, it's like it's this notion that you think that you need Survivor. Well, I to think it goes back to like quarantine. that, but I think it's like the going back to normal thing. The, right. the people thinking or wanting to like pretend, like acting like things are normal, so that they can pretend things are normal, and therefore they need their normal things to continue. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they can't mess with their routines. Like, oh no, Survivor. That means the world is different. Oh no, I have to face it. <laughs> Exactly, and like Survivor is a show that just does not allow for the same sort of safety that Big Brother or Love Island or The Bachelorette do, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not their fault, but I actually commend them on not filming because you see somewhere and if I they people... tried a season, I'd be so scared. <laughs> yeah, and and Terrified. you see a place like South Africa which I don't know South Africa's situation. I know that Australia is filming a new season and, you know, Australia is doing okay right now. Australia is, you know, not at the level that the United States is at. But that's still, like, a very big risk, and I don't want Survivor totally. to look at that and say, well, I think we can do it, because I really don't yeah, think we're not they can. the same. We're, it's, not. we're not the same. We're definitely not the same. <laughs> we are not the same. Um, and 
So this is like, this has been a fantastic conversation. So um, I just had a quick question for you, which is when is the last time you've watched School of Rock? Oh my gosh. <laughs> School I of don't... Rock written and starring Mike White. Um, yeah, I you. know. Um, honestly, maybe within the last couple of years, but like definitely not like not too distant past perhaps <laughs> i have a google form for the people who like mentioned that they would like to be on this podcast and i, I that is one of the questions and my friend jack who was on the last episode i didn't mention this had written i watched it recently and that's still not soon enough <laughs> <laughs> honestly though i will tell you i love that movie and my boyfriend and i do the little let's rock let's rock let's rock today handshake to each other <laughs> the let's rock you know what I'm talking about with the, yes. with the fingers <laughs> I also have watched School of Rock pretty recently to be fair <laughs> like also if anyone's bored out there there's a great uh, Mike White film called Brad Status Mike White oh. is also in that um, that also I believe takes place in Massachusetts good good oh. movie great Ben Stiller acting um, Mike White great filmography and School of Rock is one of my favorites, and I just, I just want to. Make I mean, sure it really that... is a great. Like, it was honestly like my favorite. Like when it came out, and like yes. through my adolescence. I'm pretty sure it was the first PG-13 movie I was allowed to watch. Oh really? Mistaken? Because I was like right at that age where I was like 13, and I was like, "Mom, can I watch PG-13 movies?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> oh my god, my mom was the to- my mom was like trying to get me to say like shit and stuff when I was little. Like, see, that would be to... me as a mom. <laughs> Like, I, my... I was I was yeah. Yeah. I like remember wa- I watched Titanic when I was way too young. <laughs> like I yeah. Like I watched it when I was when it like came out in nineteen ninety seven and I was like five. Oh my god. That is insane. <laughs> I also just I so I just saw that I had like a bunch of spam emails that I just checked and um some like turnout project like like a progressive whatever just said Mike Bloomberg will help spend $100 million to help Joe Biden win Florida. Sign the card to thank Mike Bloomberg. I just want to make it very clear, fuck Mike Bloomberg. (laughs) Great, spend all your money, but no, you don't get a thank you. You rich fuck. Get the fuck out of here. You weird, I want to be a Democrat now that it's trendy. Get the fuck off, you old bastard. Okay, I said I wouldn't get political, and there I go. Um, (laughs) It was only slightly, you know? So, is there any other Survivor hot take you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Any quick, hot, spicy thought you Um, have? I guess just, like, my overall hot take that I think that, like, just, like, you know, people that downplay the the social game of it all, it, it frustrates the hell out of me. And, like, don't I think that the social game is like one of like the most important thing. And it's like part of, and I think that separating it from strategy is something I hear a lot. And I don't think it is because I think a good social game is part of a good strategic game. And it bugs me when I hear it undervalued. And I think the social game is like the most important thing. Anyway. I I understand. I I have another question for you. If uh, I still feel bad about this to this day uh, that I, completely like buried you in sequester and got you oh, yeah. out mm-hmm. um who would you have dragged at the final four you yeah. had the option of let's say you get voted out you have the option of stan uh brian or Alyssa. well it's like if i got there then stan would have kept right like he wouldn't have betrayed me maybe if you would have kept stan maybe but maybe stan would have been the target because stan did a really good job at that game no obviously. i know i know i actually think i might have dragged him at the end oh i actually do like because like if i can't win he can't win 
That would be love that would it. be petty at the end. I love it. I love petty petty right till the very end. Yeah. We love to see yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so that concludes this episode of Mike White was robbed. That's a fun fact that somebody's going to have to listen uh, an hour and a half to get to, and I can't wait. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Stan, you better be listening. Look, Stan won that game, and he got what he, he gets his all-star spot. And yep, the rest of us yep. earned it by being a bunch of assholes over Zoom together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just happy I made it that far because I my past two experiences with Survivor Brooklyn South, I was pre-jury, so I was just very happy to make it that far. Yeah, you played a kick-ass game, and let me and tell you, you watching, did that, as well. watching that second tribal, the tribal council where you go home um, in Survivor Brooklyn 3, oh my God. I was filming it, and I was watching it, when and I, I was get like, idled holy out. fuck, no, no, no! <laughs> like, oh. I didn't want anybody to go home that round, but then it was like you, and I was like, oh my God, this is fucked up. Like, I know! <laughs> oh, so bad. So bad. Uh, that so bad. Really I should have won that comp. I just I wish I had won that competition in that round. That was so dumb. I was just like, oh, dumb little competition. It's fine. We'll just anyway. Good times. Good you know. times. Um. So Emma, do you want anyone to follow you on anything, or maybe um, they should follow? Uh, like, your... I'm not on on Twitter, but if people want to find me on Instagram, I do sometimes. Also have rants in my Instagram stories. Um. <laughs> that, that keep you sharp. Keep you sharp. Uh, yeah, I'm Emma Rose Mac D. Look at that. Shout out Emma to all the people Rose with Rose as their middle on name. Instagram. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it is my middle name. It is um, my middle name as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. My mom <laughs> had a rose bush for me growing up. Oh, yeah. really? I had, a, I had a painting. My grandfather painted a rose that was above my childhood bedroom for a long time. I think it's just in my parents' house now, but that was also like, that's me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love children's brains that I still have to this day. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I have it all in the show notes, so just look look in the description of this podcast. <laughs> um, please subscribe. Please listen to the other episodes. Please stay at home. And please consider uh, voting in just a few days. Vote early. Vote often. Get involved in your local elections, because those matter just as much as the big one. Amen. Um, and more than anything, just keep in mind that Mike White was robbed. Thank yeah. you all for listening. Keep it. Yeah. You you said the social game matters more than any like matters more than people think, and you're right. Mike White was robbed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome, Emma. I like. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Thank you so of much course. for being here. Not this rant, this any, slapped. Okay. <laughs> I I I understand where you're coming from, but I think people will be like, yeah, we're just gonna make people so sad they never leave their apartment again. Yeah, mm-hmm. which might be a good thing. Who knows? Yeah, no, that's what I. You're like, I don't want to shame people. Like, I kind of do want to shame people. Well, you can shame people because you've lived a lot, uh, a lot more safe than I have. I no, I'm the pot I, calling the kettle black. Fine, you're you're still you're you're doing you're being intentional. You're at least thinking about it. You're you are making good choices. There's I a got- lot of people that are just not. They're going through their life like it's normal. All right, everybody, stop asking Jeff Probst to bring Survivor back and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to Mike White Was Robbed. Thank you so much and good night.